on the next episode of Sip Suds and Smokes. Well, our sip segments are all about wine, distilled spirits, tea, coffee, and uh, here's some of the wines that we're going to be discussing today. So we have from Waypoint, we have their 2020 Ritchie Vineyard Chardonnay and the Waypoint 2012 Fort Ross Vineyard Pinot Noir. From uh, the folks at Camus, we have the Emelo Sauvignon Blanc 21. We have the Marisolet 2020 Reserve Chardonnay. The Sea Sun 2020 California Pinot Noir, and the Conundrum 2020, and last but not least, the Camus Special Select 2017. What a way to start the day! Yeah, this job pretty awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I never ever complain about this job <laughs> ever, 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 ever. We'll be right back after this break. live from the dude in the basement studios why because that's where the good stuff is it sips suds and smokes with your smoke and host the good old boys Time. Yes, it's sipping time. Hello and welcome to this sips episode where everything good in life is worth discussing. As always, we are the best thing on it. 2 a.m. Well, that's debatable. Okay, 1.30. Fair enough. Okay, 1.30. All right. I'll take that. Hell, I'll take it. I'll take 4 a.m. I really don't care. As long as we're the best thing at any point in time, I'm happy. You know, even a broken <laughs> clock's right twice a day. Yeah, so. exactly. So if we're, if we're the best thing on at least once a day, we're half as good as a broken clock. That's exactly right. That's, right. that's pretty yeah. damn awesome. So, well, this is Made Man Bob, and joining me today are good old Galdanese. Well, good morning, gentlemen. It's always fun to do some early morning drinking with the three of you. And good old boy, uh, Made Man Maury. Thank you, Bob. Excited to be here in the basement, and it's a uh, good morning for uh, early morning wake up. And go to boy, Justin. Good morning. What a way to start the day. Yeah, this job pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I never, ever complained about this job. <laughs> ever, 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 ever. Well, our sip segments are all about wine, distilled spirits, tea, coffee, and uh, here's some of the wines that we're going to be discussing today. So we have from Waypoint, we have their 2020 Ritchie Vineyard Chardonnay and the Waypoint 2012 Fort Ross Vineyard Pinot Noir. From uh, the folks at Camus, we have the Emelo Sauvignon Blanc 21. We have the Marisolet 2020 Reserve Chardonnay. The Sea Sun 2020 California Pinot Noir, and the Conundrum 2020, and last but not least, the Camus Special Select 2017. So why don't we go to Justin and uh, I hesitate to do this. Have him do our sips ratings. This is not going to work out well for me. I, I just I can feel it. 
one sip. Uh, give me a glass of water to wash out my mouth. Grody to the mouth. For sure. I told you it wasn't going to work out well for me. Gunga bean. Water. Gunga bean. Bring water. Bring water. <sighs> Two sips. Totally, but what else do you have? Well, isn't that nice? Not working out for me today. No, no. Right in the toilet. That, that's a record. That you don't want to be in the valley? Three sips. Uh, hmm. Interesting. What was this again? Interesting. Four sips. Totally. Let's keep this secret to ourselves. Pour me another. That's classified. Five sips. Oh my god! I was unaware anything could be this good. Oh my goodness! Yes! 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 To fall back on my 80s upbringing, gag me with a fork after that. So. <laughs> oh dear lord. You are not or never will be a valley guy. I'm sorry. I'm okay. Sorry. <laughs> totally absurd. Nicholas Cage was the only guy in Valley Girl. I mean, come on. <laughs> you know, him and Deborah Foreman. No, it's just not you. I'm sorry. I'm just not buying it. <laughs> All right. So let's move on to our first uh, winery and let's have Justin tell us about that in English. Okay. The New Frontier Wine Company is a culmination of innovators and artisans from around the globe with the heritage of some of Napa's finest terroirs. With a large stable of winemakers sourcing fruit from such vineyards as Beckstoffer to Cologne, Beckstoffer Dr. Crane, Beckstoffer Las Piedras, Beckstoffer Georges III, Richie, Grieve, Starscape, Charles Heinz, Renwood Estate Ranch, and Lowry to name a few. New Frontier brings more than 30 wines from across the globe. First wine we're going to be talking about. Wait for him to keep going here. <laughs> is Waypoint 2020 Richie Vineyard Chardonnay. It is 100% Chardonnay, Richie Vineyard, Russian River, Sonoma Valley, and 62% New French Oak. Russian River Valley, Sonoma County. What he said. <laughs> and aged it for 18 months after barrel fermentation at 14.1% alcohol by volume. The Ritchie Vineyard is planted with 40-plus-year-old Wente clone vines that are carefully cared for by Kent Ritchie. So this has a nice lemony color to it on the nose. It's like a brioche and hazelnut and an overwhelming nose of buttery, salty, buttered popcorn on the palate. It's crisp. It's clean. There's like lemony citrus notes to it. It's crisp and there's a nice finish to it. Maury, what did you think? Well, I'm going to be a little bit contrary. Um, well, How unusual. That. Yeah, Jesus. Well, I agree with you on the color. It's a nice light straw and I definitely get the typical Chardonnay nose. Uh, for me, this wine was, was definitely crisp and minerally, uh, a lot of bright acidity and citrus on the, on the palate, but I found it to be just a little bit tight and a little bit astringent for my palate. Uh, shocking when you think about that it spent 18 months in, um, 
you know, 62% new French oak. I was expecting a little bit more oak. And instead, it really drinks like a stainless steel fermented and even has barrel fermentation, but it drinks like a stainless steel aged and fermented Chardonnay. Um, I found it to be, like I said, you know, minerally, and but, but for me, it was a little tight. And I thought the finish was short and uninspiring. I've had... Um, plenty of wines before from the Ritchie Vineyard and some amazing, uh, Ritchie makes some, grows some amazing Chardonnay grapes. But this particular one today, just on this day, spot and location, just didn't really hit home for me. Denise, what do you think? Well, I agree and I disagree with just about everything that you said. That sounds So what's typical. really interesting though um, in these tastings is that we taste them and then we make some notes and, you know, even score them. Um, but then I go back to it when we start the show. Oh, there you go. Going back to yeah, it. Yeah, we got a... <laughs> Maury just uh, lost a glass of wine. Alcohol abuse. Usual. At yeah. least I didn't waste a break yeah. glass. Um, so when I first tasted this wine, um, or let's start with the nose, I thought it was really light, almost florally, um, definitely some crisp citrus and i'm like oh that's really nice um and on the palate i found it to be sweet and a little tart at the same time and then i just tried it again i do like oak in my chardonnay when i first tried it i really didn't think there was any oak in the chardonnay did you add water but now i get the oak i get the wood um it's still a mm. little sweet even a little tart which i kind of like uh haven't really found that in a lot of chardonnays but i get the oak i think it's well balanced um i like the finish and i really like this wine so i don't i don't find it tight right now in the beginning it was just a little crisper than i want more like a sauve blanc but it's definitely opened up and i'm definitely getting the wood tart's the right word uh, i definitely found it to be yeah tart interesting puck, right puckery yeah on the sides of yeah your cheeks like real. Yeah, just where'd that come yeah. from did yeah, you I'm with it you. It's it's. I did not aerate this wine. Okay. Did, did you? you? I did not. Okay. Yeah. Did it's, it's it's changed a lot. Right? Sitting in the glass, it it was it was definitely much tighter uh, when we first opened it. I purposely didn't over chill it. Um, no, so, the temperature's just yeah. right. Uh, I'm happy with that because temperature yeah. can be a big variable, and when you let it sit, it warms yeah. up, and then it gets some oxygen. Well, a lot of times, what we'll do, especially with the whites, is I will chill them down a little bit further than normal so you can start there because it takes us you know we'll, we'll talk on the radio for an hour but it takes us hours to do a show and it will slowly warm up in your hand it'll slowly warm up in the room and you can sort of get that but i these i only put in for a very short period of time just to get a little bit of a chill on them um and as this one has gotten there and as this one has warmed up yeah it's it's significantly changed yeah i think it's much better on the palate right now oh, yeah. but for me on the nose it's still very very light mm -hmm. i'm struggling to get a lot of different uh aromas and uh anything like that on the nose i mean it's pleasant enough on the nose but it mm. just it doesn't jump out i got of the glass. more of the tropical it's really nice fruit on the palate. It's when we first poured it mm -hmm. when it was a little bit more chilled before it had gotten air there was that tropical fruit note to it and that's right. sort of blown off I do get sort of like a brioche kind of toasted mm -hmm. bread, um, light nose on that. And then there was the buttered popcorn that was there about half an hour ago. That's sort of blown down. It's not there as much. 
there's a little bit of a buttery note, but it's more oaky. And that's, I'm with you. I, I prefer my Chardonnays more oaky than buttery. This is definitely more on the side of what I'm looking at. And as it warms up and gets more air, the oak is more coming out. Now, it's not an overpowering oak, but it's it's overpowered that butteriness that right. I got when it first opened. Yeah. See, I didn't get any butter at all. And I really felt like the oak just never appeared for me. So, uh, you know, if I didn't know differently, I'd wonder whether we were drinking from the same bottle. But, you know, it's I, I not think, because a, you poured it all over the floor. So it's yeah, probably never that had could the, be it. You know, no, opportunity I made to open. my notes when I first tried it, but I did come back to it and didn't really find much of a change. Um, but I think that underscores the fact that a lot of things are dependent when you taste them are mm. dependent on many things, which yeah. is why we know the Japanese guys who had the same lunch same lunch every every day for day 40, years. For 40 right. years yeah what you've had to eat where you are who you're with the time of day the location the weather the barometric pressure all those things can affect your palate on a particular and day. I, th- I think she's saying the same thing i am the oak is there it's present it's not some of these chardonnays you get it's like getting hit with a mm-hmm. giant bat made of oak you know i mean it's not that at all no but when we first tasted it there was not the oak present and that has come forward and pushed some Agree. of the other stuff into the background. So it's nice and crisp. It's like you said, it's tart yet sweet. I'm getting the oak, but you know, excellent wine. So we're going to be rating the Waypoint Richie Chardonnay three sips. Interesting. Hey, and we're back, and we just finished discussing the Waypoint 2020 Richie Vineyard Chardonnay. Uh, gave that a well-deserved three sips. So we're going to be moving on to our next wine, and we're going to have Denise tell us about that one. Great. So this is the Wayport 2021 Fort Ross Vineyard Pinot Noir um, from the Fort Ross Seaview Vineyard, Sonoma County, 1,700 feet elevation with views of the Pacific Ocean, and the ABV comes in at 14%. wish I had a view of the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> Me too. I, was, I almost added a beautiful view of the we're, Pacific Ocean. We're in, we're in Florida. I got a view of the swamp. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. So this Pinot, typical color of a Pinot, beautiful, light to medium garnet, looks great in the glass. Um, I thought the nose was particularly interesting. I really like the nose on this. I found it to be just florally, just a lovely full bodied nose, which was much different than the palette for me. And on the palette, I thought it was really mild, um, definitely something I hadn't expected when I, you know, nosed the wine, I thought, oh, this is going to be fantastic. And it is a great wine. So I don't want to take that away. But um, it's a little earthy. I think it it hits the back of my throat and palate the most. Um, it's not as full bodied as I would like in a Pinot. Um, although this, I guess, could be described as a typical Pinot for you know, lighter Pinot lovers. I tend to like my Pinots just a little more full-bodied, but I thought it's beautiful. It's delicious. I thought the finish was nice. It's pleasant. It has a short to medium finish. And I think um, overall, it's a really interesting and pleasant Pinot. Yeah, I think you're right. It's, it's, you know, there's sort of two schools of Pinot. Mm-hmm. There's the heavier and then there's the lighter. And right. I think they're definitely making it towards that. But uh I'm with you. The nose on it really kind of intrigued me because it's uh it's hard to describe. It's mm-hmm. sort of creamy and a little buttery, but almost there's a dusty earthiness to it. Um and that's that's blown off a little bit as it's got air, but it's still it's still there. And as it's gotten air, I, I got the first thing I got was like 
um, slightly underripe blueberries, kind of tart blueberries. Mm-hmm. Um, that also has has died down a little bit. The tartness, um, the tannins are there, but they're they're very silky smooth. They're not, you know, you can you get a great mouth feel for you, get a good mouth coat to it, um, but they're not grab you by the throat and shake you kind of tannins. Um, it's fresh and crisp, um, and on the back palate, I get a little bit of like a stewed fruit. Yeah, it changes a little. It mm-hmm. really does. I think um, it gets a little drier as it opens up, which I found exactly. really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It was really silky and, and sort of clean, yeah. and then as it sits in the glass, it's like, wow. It was tart actually, and fruity when yeah. we opened it, and now it's it's definitely much drier. The right. tannin, again, the tannin's coming forward, but it's not the punch-you-in-the-face mm-hmm. tannin, but it's that that tongue coating yeah. dryness um it's interesting as heck yeah, yeah. i like the way i it mean changes. it goes in different directions at one time i'm, right. I'm kind of digging it mm-hmm. what do you think maury well when i got to wine number two i was thinking maybe it's just me my palate's off today but later on i think we have some spectacular wines that i really liked and rated fairly highly but again on this winery shocks me because i love most of the things that uh chuck wagner and family and the camus brands produce uh particularly one of my favorite pinots is their bell gloss pinot and it's disappointing that we don't have that to compare here but that being said um this particular wine uh for me again fell a little bit flat uh i found it to be a little bit closed i love the nose i agree with denise on the color and the nose and a lot of fruit and cherry on the nose for me cherry came through very strong on the palate i found it to be a little bit unidimensional a little bit thin uh a little bit light it's not so much the full body i just denise found that the complexity and the layers and the different flavors just really weren't there for me i found it to be a little bit tight i found it to be a little bit tart or even astringent it didn't have as much complexity as i was looking for the finish was a little short and so honestly for me i was a little bit disappointed i think it's well-made wine but it just didn't really strike my palate as i expected it to today justin so when i started drinking this wine earlier today kind of earthy and tannic and then as the tannins went away, the taste of the sea came into it, and I got that nice saltiness that's probably permeating the soil because of its proximity to the ocean. And uh, it's kind of like that baby in Mork and Mindy that aged in reverse. It's a pretty cool <laughs> trick. What'd you think, Bob? That was, um, uh, what was his name? Uh, the comedian Jonathan Winters. Jonathan Winters. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Right. Right. I'm, just try- I'm trying to place it. I'm like, I can see the guy's face. <laughs> it's the Jonathan yeah. Winters of wine. Yeah. Yeah. It was like Benjamin Button. I yeah. was going to say yeah. it or Benjamin Button. Sure. <laughs> but uh, you know, again, uh, a, a really nice effort from these guys. Um, these, yeah, Waypoint. They're they're kind of new. They uh, just opened up a tasting room in downtown Napa. We're going to go there in a couple of weeks and check the place out. But awesome. They're sourcing grapes. Um, so, you know, you've got to do what you got to do with the grapes that you can get. And so far, I think they're doing well with it. I think uh, I think they're putting out some, some quality wine for the money. So we're going to be rating the uh, Waypoint 2021 Fort Ross Vineyard Pinot Noir. Well-deserved. Three sips. Interesting. So let's go to Maury to uh, tell us a little bit about uh, our next uh, family of wines. Next, we'll be talking about Camus Vineyards. Chuck Wagner and his late parents, Lorna and Charlie, started Camus Vineyards in 1972. They were a family of farmers with roots in Napa Valley dating back to the 1850s. Chuck Wagner's parents, 
Lorna Belgloss and Charlie Wagner Sr. were both born to families that helped shape Napa Valley's wine industry in the late 1800s and beyond. In 1941, Charlie Wagner and Lorna Bell Gloss, Chuck's parents, purchased 71, 73 acres just a few hundred yards from the Wagner home ranch where they planted fruit orchards. One of their first acts on their new land was also to plant 10 acres of wine grapes. In the 1960s, Charlie and Lorna pulled out their prune and walnut trees to divert the devote their property entirely to wine grapes, including Pinot Noir, Johannesburg Riesling, and a special clone of Cabernet Sauvignon that Charlie had acquired from Stag's Leap grower Nathan Fay. The Wagner sold their grapes to Inglenook Winery and Sonoma Vineyards, among others, and were highly regarded grape growers and home winemakers. It was in 1972 that Charlie and Lorna, along with their son Chuck, decided to go all in and formalized the family's long-standing relation tradition of winemaking when they recognized that they can make a better living by selling great quality home wines that they had been making from grapes they were growing on their property they established their own winery and decided to name it camus vineyards after a mexican land grant owned by george yount that had once encompassed their land in 1975, Chuck and his dad noticed that there were a few barrels that tasted better than the rest, so they decided to separate them from the batch and bottle them under a new label called Special Selection. Camus Special Selection is the only wine in the world honored twice as Wine Spectator Magazine's Wine of the Year for both their 19, <laughs> I don't know what year that was, uh, 84 and 1990 vintages. The first wine, fresh wine, no more of this old stuff. <laughs> the first wine we're going to talk about is the Emelo Sauvignon Blanc 2021. The grapes from this expression come from both the Napa and Susan valleys. It comes in at 12.6% ABV. Emelo is owned and made by Jenny Wagner, Chuck Wagner's daughter, and named after her maternal relatives who arrived in Napa Valley from Sicily in 1923. For many years, Emelo's ran a rootstock nursery pro providing grapevines to many of the area's growers, including Jenny's father, Chuck. So this wine is nearly colorless. It's a very, very pale hint of yellow. On the nose, we've got lots of tropical flavors, honeydew, peach, honeysuckle, and then a little hint of stone and sandalwood. On the palate, it's got a bright citrus note. It's got crisp acidity. You get hints of kumquat. It drinks beautifully. Uh, very nice profile, similar to many of the Sauvignon Blancs that we've enjoyed from California. I found the finish to be short, but I thought it was very well made and very pleasant, something you could really enjoy in the sun by the pool for hours on end. What'd you think, Justin? So I got up the notes that you mentioned, also a white melon on the palate and a little cedar on the back palate. Um, the finish was very light, definitely a poolside sipper. You nailed that one. What'd you think, Denise? There's very little, I think, that I can add to the descriptions that both of you have wow. provided. Um, Means I got something right. Well, let's no, not didn't. get excited. What yeah. yeah, don't get ahead of yourself, Junior. <laughs> let's not get excited. Yeah. <laughs> but I love the nose. I mean, for me, the peach and the honeydew just jump out of this glass. And I think that that's fantastic. And the palate's nice. You know, um, 
it's exactly what you described. There's, like I said, not not much I can add. It is bright. It is citrusy. It is crisp. Uh, I agree with both of you. I thought the finish was, you know, pretty short, um, but that's okay. Uh, it's a, it is a lovely wine that you could sit by the pool, and and we all know that living where. Well, it's we it's live. and it's not an expensive wine. Oh, you know, this is a okay. you know twenty ish dollar bottle, oh, twenty twenty five dollar. So I mean, this is exactly what it's supposed to be. It's something that you're gonna. This is your everyday. Right. Yeah. Very approachable. So, yeah. Very affordable and very accessible. And I'm happy to drink something this good every day. <laughs> so, um, you know, again. I like really being introduced nose. to wines like this because, I mean, we've all, you know, had our share of Sauvignon Blancs. But I know people that perhaps only drink Sauvignon Blanc. And we call I them, like to we introduce call them, heathens. them yeah. you know, if I bring them a bottle, I would like it to be something other than what they're currently drinking. They tend to buy their stuff by the case and just continue to drink the <laughs> same brand. So it's really nice to be introduced to other brands that you know hmm. we try and enjoy and then the next time i want to bring them a bottle of wine I'm like you know let's bring this and see if we can you know get them interested in yeah something the people different. that only drink uh, and sauvignon then if i have Bach to drink or, it it's something that i want to drink yeah always you, a good fallback if you only always. drink sauvignon Blanc, my definition of palatable might be slightly different from yours You're yeah snob. exactly yes i am <laughs> um yeah it it, it it's a well-made Sauvignon. Um, again, the honeydew. A little bit of white peach. A little bit of white flower on the nose. It's got a very sweet nose to it, like 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 a honeysuckle. And then again on the palate, it's very bright. Mm. Very crisp. But not too tart. No, uh, no, not nearly no. as tart as some of the things we've had earlier. Yeah, uh, I thought it was well balanced. And honestly, you know, the price is in line. Most Sauv Blancs, you know, this is right in line in terms yeah. of pricing. There's very few Sauvignon Blancs. You've got to go out of your way to find one that's fairly expensive. Yeah, exactly. And and if I'm you know in an equal playing field of price, this is going to be the one I'm going to probably grab because this one's extremely well done. Um, you know, well done. We're going to be rating the uh, MLO. MLO. Uh, Sauvignon Blanc 2021 a well-deserved three sips interesting Bob you want to talk about the next wine yep so that brings us to our next wine let me grab it here you know when we do the whiskey episodes the glasses are a lot shorter it's a lot easier to move them around. a lot easier <laughs> gotta get microphones and cords over these things mm-hmm so we have next up is the Mersolet 2020 uh, Reserve Chardonnay it's from uh, Santa Lucia Highlands. Uh, fermentation and aging is in a mix of old and new French oak for 11 months. Malolactic fermentation on a portion of the wine, and the barrels are hand-stirred to promote a creamy texture, uh, about 14.5% ABV. So Marisolet began 30 years ago with a drive from the Napa Valley down to the Santa Lucia Highlands in search of land to plant Chardonnay. Uh, Their first vineyards were planted in 1988 on that land that previously was dedicated to grow crops and cattle grazing. Uh, Only about 20 miles from the coast, the Highlands has a drama all its own with morning fog, bright sunshine, and big gusts of afternoon wind. Marisolet is led by Charlie Wagner, Chuck's son, and in addition to the vines, they also grow Lisbon and Meyer lemons, my favorite, absolute favorite lemons on earth. Um, And over time, um, an unexpected benefit emerged, uh, hints of delicate 
lemon blossoms began to come out in the Chardonnay. At least that's what they're telling us. So um, the scent and flavor carrying over from the nearby orchard. So, and I absolutely get the lemon note. I, you know, they're they're dead on with that. Lemons, very clean oak. Like kind of a Granny Smith apple. I find the lemon more on the nose than on the palate. Mm -hmm. it's, it's definitely not as mm -hmm. citrusy or lemony on the palate as some of our other wines, particularly the soft blanc. No, no. Well, I'm, but it's a beautiful, delicate lemon on the nose. It's a very, very um, rounded palate. Um, there's no edges to this at all. Very, very soft. Very, very round. Um, I get a general citrus note, but it's not. It's not leaning more toward lemon for me. It's no. the opposite direction than citrus. Um, a little bit of honeydew melon. Hmm. A little bit of honey. Yeah, delicious. Delicious. What do you think, Denise? You know, there's a, a description about this, and it's lemon bars. And when I first saw that, I'm like, ooh, I like lemon bars. I like everything lemon, really. And I, I actually use a lot of lemons. Um probably daily well you got to live with that sour son of a gun on the end of the table i'm sure you're used <laughs> um, so to it so i thought now. oh maybe sweet and toasty you know that's what i was thinking um but for me on the nose it's lemon zest i mean yeah. i really get the sharp crisp that's it. oily yeah it's not lemon, that sweet as if i'm zesting lemons kind of lemon, and, yeah. and it's right there so maury said it was a little milder with regard to the lemons, but I found it to be yeah, very lemon palate. forward on the nose and, and lovely. Yeah. Um, and that's perfect. Uh, for the palate, though, or on the palate for me, I'm not sure. It, it's described with uh, sharp acidity. And for me, that seems to be coming through as a little metallic. Mm -hmm. And that happened in the beginning. And I went back to it and it's still there. So unfortunately for me, that sharp acidity or as i describe it that metallic um mm -hmm. taste is is overpowering some of the other flavors in that flavor profile and so i'm having a hard time finding you know the melon and the honeydew and i wished it were there because i thought the nose was so lovely uh, the finish is fine it's a little short but uh, that's how i found this wine I think your genetics are such that you're missing an enzyme and uh, therefore you're the only thing the, I'm missing more. <laughs> yeah, the metallic. Because We've been saying that for years. I mean, like that poor woman's missing, missing a, missing a few brain cells. Um, <laughs> but honestly, I, I didn't, I didn't get the metallic at all. I've gone back to it after you mentioned that. I didn't even think the acidity was sharp. I thought it had a nice balanced amount of acidity. It was not nearly as tart it's as very, some very round. Very, very rounded. Very round, yeah. I thought it had a beautiful amount of oak. It had just the right amount of oak. It was not an oak bomb, and yet the oak was not absent. I felt like the oak was a little bit absent in uh, the earlier Chardonnay. In this one, the oak's there, but it's not overpowering. It's balanced. It's it adds a hint of earthiness. It's. I thought it was a beautifully uh, made wine. I thought the finish was medium. It was mouth coating. It was definitely creamy, like they were shooting for. Um, I, I thought it was delicious. In sharp contrast to their other, now Mersolet makes another Chardonnay that is completely unoaked. I believe they call it the Silver, and it comes in a ceramic, a gray ceramic bottle, and that drinks more like a Sauv Blanc. It's very stainless steely, almost a little bit metallic. Uh, whereas this one, for me, really hits all the boxes. But I think the studies show that uh, women, um, in particular, can find the metallic and petroleum flavors in wines and come out. And unfortunately, for 
some women, myself included, uh, just might not be a really good person to rate some wines that that flavor comes through for well, us. It's like the people with the um, cilantro taste better. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I was kidding, but you really, I think, something in your palate is picking that up and Absolutely. magnifying. Well, everybody's I body agree. chemistry is different, and, right. and tomorrow you may not taste that, so you never know. Right. What do you think, Justin? I got the like the stainless steel magnets when I was a kid. That taste. <laughs> so you used to lick those. Yeah, then. I did. Used to lick those. Any particular reason why? I know they look really cool. Look at him. <laughs> Just look at him. I mean, oh, and Lord. and lemon oil. So yeah, yeah. That I like. Licking magnets. We'll be back. <laughs> All right. So we're back after hearing Justin talk about licking magnets. So, uh, good Are memories. You waiting um, for the opportune moment? I think that's a little foreshadowing for the title of this episode. Yeah. I have a feeling. So we're going to be rating the Marisolet 2020 Reserve Chardonnay. Well deserved. Four sips. That's classified. And we're going to have Justin tell us about our next one. Well, now we're going to talk about CSUN 2020, California, Pinot Noir. Let's see what child memories this evokes. Grapes for this release were grown in Monterey and San Benito counties, aged in a combination of new and neutral French oak, and it's 14.4% alcohol by volume. And if you drink a lot of wine, you're going to slow your words too. Each region where the grapes are grown for CSUN Pinot Noir contributes subtly different qualities to the wine. The sourcing location of grapes shift from vintage to vintage, and it is this flexibility that enables them to adjust to create the best possible wine in a given year. Maury, what did you think? Well, I thought this was a really interesting wine. I love the color on it. The color was dark and... Um, deep uh really kind of a dark cherry color for me on the nose i got lots of cherry some toasted wood some earthiness clove um somebody talked about a hint of s'mores i honestly didn't get the s'mores but everything else i thought was beautiful cedar leather uh beautiful palette our uh, nose rather excuse me and on the palate lots of cherries raspberries and then on the back end you get some pepper leather tobacco i thought it was really interesting much more full body than the previous pinot that we drank much more my style of pinot and i thought the finish was long uh so all in all a wine i'm not familiar with uh prior to today but I, really in my wheelhouse i thought it drinks beautifully and honestly if you were to take the price into account it's a winner i mean it's i was gonna say did you see the price yes uh, yeah i can't believe yeah, it. I mean, yeah. you're talking yeah. about a 20-ish dollar bottle of wine that's come easily competes with 40 and 50 dollar pinos now you don't always have to spend a lot on pinos and they're not traditionally as high as cabs but for an entry level and a lot of people a lot of americans are stuck on you know 20 bucks is their sweet spot yep. i think this nails it for a, a yep. pinot in that price range uh i don't think you well, could do any better it's a wagner family they they generally don't put out bad wine you know so it's sure. always there's always going to be something good there um, and occasionally there's going to be someone that doesn't fit everyone's flavor profile and case yeah. in point i wasn't yeah. a fan of the waypoint but this wine really i think checks all the boxes and when you factor in the the very reasonable price point i think it's a winner well way, waypoint's not them but yeah no, i know yeah but in comparison yeah um this is a winner Right. Well, I spoke about the previous Pinot, and apparently I described this Pinot as the Pinot that I was looking for. Mm -hmm. um, a little more full-bodied, um, a really nice mouthfeel, uh, and 
a huge bowl of cherries on the nose for me. And that's just so fabulous. Yeah. I mean, it just, it smells so nice. It's so inviting. Um, and then it just, it tastes great, you know. Uh, and I like the finish too. I thought it had a medium finish and I thought that the finish um, lingered. Yeah. And that's always nice. Yeah. I hate when it just disappears so quickly. No, I give it a long finish mm. because yeah. exactly, it really I really lingers. like that. Yeah, for your average California Pinot, this has got a pretty long finish. I mean, most Pinots 100%. are are especially the fruity style ones don't last very long now in fairness i think we all ran this through the venturi and i'll have to get some air and i generally sure. believe that pinots benefit from air more than most so i'd like to decant my pinots or venturi them um even when they're not super expensive and this particular one although i didn't try it straight from the bottle i went straight for the venturi and it was drinking beautifully from the minute i put it it's in the unusual glass. for you usually just drink out of the bottle well that's true there's probably no magnets in this right justin no yeah, magnets, no. <laughs> but I, I would pair this with a Connecticut wrapper cigar for you cigar smokers out there. I was thinking you were chewing on a wooden pencil and then the lead, because it's got a little graphite in this. Yeah. Oh, believe it's me, just... I've ingested a lot of lead. Isn't it obvious, Doc? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's obvious. Eating those paint chips when he was yeah, a kid, you right? can tell. I think Obviously. his mom was eating the paint chips too. So, I mean, <laughs> but I was really expecting—I uh, was really expecting a comment about eating pencil, licking pencils, because yeah. this, this does have a little hint of graphite. Well, in he is—he is—he was born learning how it to play the banjo with his feet. Pencil, so. But I didn't taste the pencil. And does that okay. fall under the pica condition? Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know if you just lick it and don't ingest it. I'm not sure it's still pica. Okay. <laughs> What's yeah. pica? Oh, never mind. Uh, it take who, too long to explain um, to you. Tend to <laughs> eat, eat stuff, and just, inanimate yeah. objects. Yeah, sand and oh, rocks me. and let. Yeah, like cool. yeah. <laughs> pica is the condition. But, yeah, I mean, a, a beautiful pinot, absolutely beautiful pinot. I haven't had I haven't had one since we were at Camus last January, and I remember sitting in that beautiful yard and drinking it, and going, "Wow, this is really good." Just cherries, cherries, cherries on the nose. Oh, the nose is so great on this wine. Mm. So great. And I'm with you. It's This is more my style. I'm, I'm not the lighter, fruitier kind of Pinot. I, this is more leaning towards me. So uh, 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 a great wine, a great effort uh, from the folks over at, uh, at the Wagner Family of Wines. So we're going to be rating the CSUN 2020 California Pinot, a well-deserved, four sips. That's classified. So we're going to go on to our next wine, and we're going to have Denise tell us about that one. Oh, okay. That sounds great. Well, our next wine is Conundrum 2020 California Red Blend. I like blends. Uh, it's a blend of Zinfandel, Petite Syrah, and Cabernet Sauvignon. What could be bad about this wine? It's got an ABV of 14.6%. Charlie Wagner Sr., who co-founded Camus Vineyards in 1972 with his wife, Lorna, and son, Chuck, would regularly mix different wines at the dinner table to find the perfect glass to pair with his meal. Blending was not very common in California at the time, so his experimentation was ahead of its time. Fast forward to 1989 when Conundrum White was born, followed in 2011 by Conundrum Red. Today, it's Charlie's grandson, Charlie Wagner II, who keeps Conundrum as original as ever. So, that description makes this wine very interesting right out of the gate. Um, I'm going to do the same as Bob. It has, for me, on the nose, it's, it has this beautiful, earthy, um, just as they describe it here, this semi-sweet baking chocolate. Um, I'm not sure that I get a lot of uh, nectarine in this, um, as yeah, they I'm not describe it. That up but definitely, like the plum, the backdrop 
of toasted oak aromas. It's got a lovely, lovely nose. When I first tried this wine, I'm going to try it again. Sorry about that. It was a little on the sweet side. That has mellowed. It's not as sweet, but I still get a little hint of sweetness with that chocolate, which I think is fabulous. I mean, it's like a chocolate cake. It's delicious. It's full bodied. It's got a lovely mouthfeel. It's got a nice lingering finish. Overall, I'm a big fan of this wine. I mean, I could think of so many things that I would pair with this wine or just drink a bottle of it without anything. Yeah, it's interesting because the conundrum and, and the white preceded it by 20 years was known to be kind of a sweet wine, almost desserty, really, very light and lively. And I was expecting this to be sort of sweet and fruity. And I must admit, I haven't had this wine in a long time. And that, well, if it makes you feel better, we think of you as sweet and fruity. Thank you. <laughs> uh, this uh, this wine is a lot less uh, well known than the than the Conundrum White, which they ultimately spun off into its own uh, winery and label. Um, but I agree with you, Denise. I think all the things you mentioned, I mean, it, it's really, uh, you know, chocolate cake with even a little coconut shavings. It's like, a, what do you call it? Like a Black Forest cake? Or yeah, a, yeah, something like that. Uh, German, German chocolate, chocolate cake. Yeah. Thank you. I was thinking German chocolate. Yeah, because you get that um, toasty. Oh, yeah, uh, it's happy hour around yeah, here. Man. Right? Yeah, right. But, oh. it's, but it's decidedly better than when I first poured it. When I first poured it, it was a little closed mm. right out of the bottle. I underrated it. And I underrated it, and too. And now I have to change that rating. I know. I <laughs> so thought that it was rating. just okay. Um, but over the last hour that it sat in the glass, over the last hour that it sat in the glass, I got, um, I, I've improved my uh, my thought on it, my rating, and I've enjoyed it more. Um, again, really unique. I'm not sure what kind of food I'd pair this with, but I, I really I found it doesn't very need enjoyable. Food. <laughs> I was going to say, I'd pretty much pair it with chips. I, I mean, right? I, I, I don't Cheetos. care what food I, I put with it. I mean, I, I think, think Denise was, yeah. was description was spot on, though. You know, maybe a little nutmeg and clove, but but really that uh, German chocolate cake with the coconut and the chocolate uh, and the cassis really kind of comes through. Uh, I thought it was fantastic. And again, I, I know we don't like to spend a lot of time talking about money and price, but for the price, you're talking about a 20-something Jeez. dollar bottle. It's hard to beat. Yeah. It's hard to get something better at this price point. Right. Well, Just again, your that's Camus. Camus is always value for money for me. I mean, uh, it always has been. Except would, for their flagships are. are yeah, that's the, yeah. O- that's the only one that's really elevated in price. But even that, considering what it is, I mean, wine of the year two times, it's still affordable. Right. right. I'd pair it with gear, deli, chocolate brownies all day. Mm. Not those special brownies. No, not those. Okay. <laughs> that's another California episode. Yeah, I was going to say that's, <laughs> oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. It's Justin visits the dispensary so. <laughs> episode. Yeah. Don't tempt me. Yeah. <laughs> well, that falls under the category of smokes. We are sip suds and smokes. Maybe we need yeah. to do a <laughs> smokes smoke okay. episode. Mm-hmm. I book my flight while we're talking. I'm in. <laughs> yeah, this is just this is really just a wonderful glass of it wine really for the is. money. It's just so well done. Um, the chocolate. There's, there's. I get dark chocolate. I get like wet stones mm-hmm. on the nose. I think this falls under the category of anybody can make a great hundred dollar bottle, but to make a great bottle at a reasonable yeah. price is a find and a rarity. Yeah. And um, well, remember when you first got into wine? How many years ago? You know, you would go out and you would grab, you know, 
Robert Parker or Wine Spectator, and you would run to the store looking for that one that was rated 95 because that's when you, you... Then once you developed your palate, you threw all that stuff away. And then you knew if I threw money at it, I could find that 95 bottle. But finding that 89 or 90 bottle that's 20 bucks or the 88 bottle that's 15 is more exciting to you than spending a thousand dollars on a 96 dollar bottle i mean sure it's going to taste great but it's it's like you're mel fisher finding the damn pirate ship and finding the spanish gold when you can find that wine that drinks a, you know one or above two levels above point. its price point that's what gets me excited in wine 100 and, and this yeah. wine is available i mean yeah widely available widely, widely. available yeah. i mean this is your dinner party wine so you have you know different characters coming over oh no you're i gonna don't, drink I don't a pour lot that when you wine. guys come over no yeah. you don't want to spend a hundred dollars a bottle because you're gonna you know pull out six eight ten bottles you pull this out i think Everybody at your dinner party is going to be happy. Everybody can whether find they're light Pinot drinkers, yeah. they could be cab drinkers. I think everybody could be really happy with this wine. Yeah, I it's mean, a it's good not a huge full-bodied cab, no, by any stretch. But it but fits I'm a the cab drinker, and, and I would drink it, this. It has appeal to cab drinkers. But mm -hmm. I want to point out that I, I don't. I, I take a slight correction with what bob says and that is i don't think of camus as a bargain brand making mass-produced no. well, low-priced wines not this but the others that they have and again not bargain wines not cheap or anything i mean but i just really want to clarify that well it's made not for the bargain. wine for the money yeah right you know most of their wines and fairly priced all hit above their price point Correct, so, and I yeah. think that's the thing to look for in wine. Yeah. Wines that hit you, and drink above. You the get price much point. more value for your dollar with them than you do a lot of people. So I'll agree with you. A lot of people, you're paying for the name, you're paying for the label, you're paying for the packaging. Uh, uh, like the days of Absolute, we like that's in the bottle, not in the packaging. All right, well, we're going to be rating the Conundrum 2020 California Red Blend a well-deserved four sips. That's classified. And that brings us to our last wine, which is the Camus Special Select, uh, Napa Valley Cabernet 2017, 100% Cabernet Sauvignon, 15.4% ABV. Um, and before we go forward with this wine, the one thing I did want to point out and talk about is how amazing the Wagner family has been to a charity that I work for that is very near and dear to my heart, which is Honor Flight. Um, we were fortunate to make contact with the Wagner family, one of our people down here. And once they heard about what we were doing and raising funds to fly our surviving World War II Korean Vietnam veterans to Washington, D.C. to see the memorials of their service, um, he didn't even blink. And he said, how about I send you 500 bottles of special select? We'll put a special label on it. So if you see this episode, if you listen to this episode online, you can see the pictures. Um, they have a special bottle. Uh, you cannot buy this bottle. You can only get it if you go to one of our fundraising dinners with four of our World War II veterans' pictures on it. The only thing on it that says Camus is a little strip at the bottom. They basically gave the, the veterans the whole, la the whole label. Um, and, uh, and these are provided to us for these dinners 100% free. Uh, so we've been able to raise well over $100,000 so far to fly these heroes up to Washington, D.C. So... Um, Amazing family, amazing family. It's a beautiful bottle. But really beautiful. The wine, um, plums, a little bit of licorice on it. 
just dark, dark concentrated fruit. And on the palate, mm, blackberries and blueberries and plums and oh just my. fruit, 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 fruit. Um, this one never disappoints. What do you think, Denise? Mm, I agree. Everything that you said, you get the licorice. I get this foresty, woody note on the nose. It's got blueberries and sweet cherries for me. It's got a great mouthfeel. It's full-bodied. It's delicious. It's got a nice, long, lingering finish. Love it. But I would say that this wine also has improved dramatically in the glass. It went from 10 to 11 uh, in the glass uh, over the last 45 minutes. Uh, I These guys to everything you've said, and it's just fantastic. It's a perennial favorite. I've tried to acquire it almost every year. And um, it's an, a wonderful wine you can always pull out, and people will be impressed. Yeah, you can't beat it. I mean, great wine. Well, we're going to be rating the Camus Special Select Napa Valley Cabernet Sauvignon 2017, a well-deserved oh five yeah. 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 And again, a huge 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 thank you to the wagner family for their incredible generosity and in helping us honor our surviving world war ii korean vietnam veterans and helping out the cause of honor flight so well that's all the time we have today i want to thank our co-hosts for joining today thank you denise thank you wow delicious thank you maury thank you bob another spectacular morning in the basement and thank you justin thank you for an amazing day in the wine cave <laughs> The wine. Cave. Well, for sip, suds, and smokes, this is Made Man Bob reminding you life is too short to drink bad wine, and fortunately, we didn't have to do that today. Nope. I don't know about you guys, but every time I look at this bottle, I see two of the veterans that aren't with us anymore. It oh, breaks my heart. That's heartbreaking. We'll I miss Julie. That on picture of that bottle, bottle on Facebook before they were the kind enough to yeah. host. They hosted several of our veterans at a dinner at the winery. So mm. we hope you enjoyed this episode. If you're listening to us online, do yourself a favor and tap. Just tap it in. The subscribe button. Give it a little tappy. Tap, tap, tap a room. The easiest way to listen to our show is to ask Siri, Alexa, Google, Uncle Larry, or whoever it is that talks to you on your phone. Play podcast Sip Suds and Smokes. We love your feedback, and you can reach us at info at sipsudsandsmokes.com. Our tasting notes flow out on Twitter and Instagram with our handle at Sip Suds and Smokes, and our Facebook page is always buzzing with lots of news. You'll also be able to interact with the thousands, millions, and millions of other fans on those social media platforms. Do us a favor, take the time to rate this episode if you're listening to us online. That's a big help to us, and we get to see your feedback as well. Come back, join us for another episode, and keep on sipping. This has been a one-tan hand production of Sip, Suds, and Smokes, a program devoted to the appreciation of some of the finer slices of life. From the dude in the basement studios, your host, the good old boys, will see you all next time.